Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 31 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Richard Kirkham from a Kirkham, uh, from a movie, a Kirkham movie a day, a Kirkham, uh, from, I don't know, something about that, from, <laughs> from the Lambcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The Shepherd of the Lambcast and uh, Kirkham, a movie a day. There we go. I got that one right, I think. Did I? Hey, yes. That's that's close enough. What do you mean close enough? What is it? It's Kirkham, a movie a day, isn't it? There you go. All right. That's what I said. Yeah. So welcome back to the show, Richard. Great to have you back. Hey, they told me there were terrorists at the airport. Yeah, we're not going to get there till till the very end, but uh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if your gangs have got uh, training at Fort Bragg. That's it. So. <laughs> so, minute 31 begins with uh, Lorenzo continuing his report and ends with Burke reaching for his walkie-talkie. We, we ended things on Friday with uh, uh, a shot of the control tower. You know, we get to see Trudeau again, which uh, I know that's the main reason you wanted this week because you, you want to talk about Trudeau. We're gonna we're gonna have what to talk about dealing with Trudeau this week. So you got what you wanted, Richard. All right, <laughs> you well, can that talk about well. Fred Dalton Thompson as much as you want this week. <laughs> <laughs> He's in most of these scenes for sure. Yeah, that's right. We we talked a little bit about him last week, but but uh, if you have stuff to add, that would be great. Also, we basically ended with Lorenzo starting to to give Trudeau a little bit of an update as to what's going on. So my biggest question that I asked this last week also, and, you know, I'm going to ask you it also is why is, why does it seem as if Lorenzo, you know, or why does it seem as if Trudeau is Lorenzo's boss? You'd think, you'd think that the person in charge charge of the whole airport. He's in charge of the whole airport or is in charge of, of the, of the control tower. That's what it seems to me. Why is he? Well, you know, you know, if you're the captain of the ship and you're on the bridge, you're in charge. He's the captain of the tower, so he's in charge. True, but you'd think that the police would be, you know, separate. It's not. Again, we're not talking Star Trek. We're not saying that. Okay, you know, uh, Kirk or Picard or whichever you know captain you want to choose. You know, they're in charge of security. Yes, the, you know. The, you know, uh, Tasha Yar or, or uh, um, I don't even know who's the security chief. It's not Chekhov, is it? Chekhov's the weapons well, guy. at one point he's uh, in charge of security, but no, I don't right. think it's Chekhov. Exactly. <laughs> no, but my point is, is that, yes, on, on a situation like a Starship, okay, the, the security is... Yeah, but the, the police and security are never autonomous. They usually have to answer, at least in uh, this country and uh, most democracies they have to answer to the political institutions or some administrative force uh they don't operate and act on their own so uh trudeau is basically the person in charge of the airport and so he's the the overseer of uh activities at the airport I, i i get the impression he's the chief of airport operations and security is a subsection of airport operations okay all right, that's fair. I, I I didn't think of it that way, you know. So he's basically okay. He's the airport COO. Okay. Yeah. That position is someone who has authority for directing and coordinating the daily ap- activities of operations. So okay, I guess I guess it does fit in there. You're right. 
I, I never thought about it. I always just thought of Trudeau as the guy in charge of the control tower, you know, not necessarily as the chief operating officer of the entire airport. So that, that sort of makes sense. Wow. That salary is uh, pretty high for today. I can't, I can't <laughs> oh, tell you. Oh, you're looking that up. Well, you've got to be pretty uh, yeah. knowledgeable and authoritative. Yeah, you're not I'm, just a glorified air traffic controller. Right. I mean, I see here that it's, uh, you know, the, the annual salary is anywhere between two hundred and two hundred twenty-five thousand uh, dollars for that job. So, but it's got yeah, a lot of responsibility. I, I get the impression that he's the Burt Lancaster of the uh, film. Yes. Okay, that's true. And I just, uh, you know, rewatched re Airport a few weeks ago, so so I knew I knew what you were talking about there. <laughs> was Burt Lancaster was his character in in the control tower running things? I don't remember. You saw yeah. the movie more recently than I. I, have. I know, but I don't remember him being in the control tower. He was he was definitely dealing with things, you know, dealing with all the problems. Yeah, in he's the calling so. the control tower most of the time. He's uh, in his office or out in the uh, in the snow, uh, whatever you call it, the, <laughs> <laughs> the walkways, the causeways, the airport op, you know, the terminal. Yeah, it's true. So. Lorenzo continues with his diatribe that he started on Friday, and he says, So they got it right on the f news. Bloodstains and all. I'd like to lock every damn reporter out of the airport. But they pull that freedom of speech crap on us. Then the ACLU will be all over us. And then the response that we get from Trudeau is murder on television. Hell of a start for Christmas week. Uh, first of all, the first thing that, that, that jumped out at me here is, uh, you know, first of all, I like the fact that we see Lorenzo like follow Trudeau around. You know, he looks like a lapdog the way that he's following him around, you know, going up the stairs with him, uh, within it, you know, updating him on everything that's been going on. You know, he mentions the ACLU. So what do you know about the ACLU? <laughs> well, it's not what it used to be. The ACLU is the American Civil Liberties Union. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were, uh, they are, they supposedly are a, a legal organization that's devoted to protecting the civil rights of Americans, uh, in particular those related to constitutional questions. They are famous uh, for, you know, taking on a lot of tough cases over the years, uh, trying to protect people who, um, you know, were maybe outgunned by the authorities and uh, they would step in to uh, take a position. They, they're notorious for challenging the presence of, uh, oh, you know, a, uh, uh, a creech on the city hall lawn because uh, it violates the separation of church and state or uh, defending somebody who wants to burn the flag. One of the most famous cases that they took on was uh, they spoke on behalf of uh, Nazis in Skokie, Illinois, back yes. in, I think it was 1977 or 78, yeah, it was late, uh, when they wanted to that. parade, mm -hmm. and uh, the Chicago authorities wanted to shut it down, and the ACLU was on the side of the Nazis. They don't believe in what the Nazis stood for, but they believe they had a right to speak. This is, of course, vastly different from today, where they are interested in deplatforming anybody that is involved in uh, promoting what they say is hate speech. They they don't seem to be on the side of people who still want to express themselves. Right. Uh, they've they've become a different kind of organization. Correct. Now, do you much more political? Yes. Than they were. Yeah. Do you know when it was founded? I want to say it was early in the 20th century, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yes, it was. It was 1920. 
It was it was founded yeah. as a nonprofit organization in 1920, with and and their platform was to defend and preserve the individual rights and liberties guaranteed to every person in the country. Yes. Currently, they have over two million members that are part of it. You know, card carrying members of the ACLU, and they have an annual budget over 300 million. So yeah, it's it doesn't sound as if it's you know, <laughs> it, it, it's lost its uh, grassroots abilities of what it was at the beginning. They were loosely affiliated lawyers at one point, but I think they've become kind of an institutional uh, organization now where the, the lawyers primarily work for the ACLU as opposed to being lawyers that the ACLU has reached out to connect with. Right. Right. I think it, it works that way. Yeah. So I was looking at the, the, the list of the, the committee that originally founded the ACLU, and most of the names I didn't recognize. I mean, I could, I could read them off and maybe you'll recognize somebody, but there was one that really stood out for me. So I'll, I'll just quickly go through the list and you'll tell me if anyone stands out for you. Okay, Roger Nash Baldwin, Crystal Eastman, Walter Nellis, Morris Ernst, Albert DeSilver, Arthur Garfield Hayes. Do you recognize any of those names? I don't. The silver sounds familiar, but I'm not exactly sure why. Okay. Jane Adams, Felix Frankfurter. That name sounds familiar, but I don't know from where. Felix Frankfurter, I think, was uh, a justice of the Supreme Court at one time. Okay, that's possible. Elizabeth Gurley Flynn, Rose Schneiderman, and the one that jumped out at me was Helen Keller. There I didn't know that Helen Keller was, <laughs> was, was part of that. that. That just like really shocked me. You know, that she was one of the founding that, members. That, that surprises me a little bit, but she was known to be uh, an activist on yes. behalf of all kinds of people. Right. True. Um, and then, I mean, what Trudeau says there is murder on television. Hell of a start for Christmas week. Right. So, first of all, uh, we, we pretty much established earlier, you know, in earlier episodes that this must be very close to Christmas. It's not Christmas week. 1990, Christmas came out Tuesday. Christmas no, Eve no. was Monday night. No, I, you're right. No, Christmas Eve you're was right. Monday night, and Christmas Day was Tuesday. That's fine. Okay, but we've pretty much figured out that this must be like Friday. Because, you know, Holly stayed to, to work a little longer and is flying in. You know, so for him to say Christmas week, the start of Christmas week. You know, so I don't know. It just seems a little little strange to say Christmas week or maybe the weekend before. I guess it just flowed better to say Christmas week as opposed to saying the weekend before Christmas or something like that. Um, and then, you know, he mentions about murder on television. So back in 1990, OK, I mean, today you see it, you you know, there's a lot of of reality TV shows, you know, that, that, that have, you know, like cops and things like that, which you will see different depictions of real murder footage and stuff like that. But when 1990, when this movie came out, there, there weren't that many. Can you, can you think of any, uh, you know, you know, they were very discreet about showing anything that had film footage of somebody being correct but i'm talking i, I actually am thinking what i'm talking about here are there were three instances that i that i know of okay and i i uh you know when i looked it up i was refreshed about well them, I, I watched i watched which the happened first uh, the sibionese liberation army all die in a flaming uh house in los angeles area in i think that was 1974 yeah, it was. I think it was seventy three or seventy four. That's right. I remember that. No, but I'm talking about live footage where 
they weren't, ex, you know, where it wasn't like a, it, it wasn't something that was previously taped and it wasn't something that, that, you know, went with, with the case that you just brought. So, you know, they were showing live footage of an assault, you know, on the, the compound or something like that. I'm talking right now, the, there are three instances where, where somebody was, uh, actually all three of them, someone was shot dead on live TV. It wasn't known beforehand that that's what was going to happen. Can you think of any of those three cases? I know one of them. No. I know one of them. You for sure know about. Uh, the other two you might have heard of. Well, I'm the uh, you know Jack Ruby getting shot that, on TV. No, was being transferred. No, Jack Ruby was not shot. Jack Ruby shot. Or Jack Ruby doing <laughs> the shooting of Oswald. That's right. Lee Harvey Oswald is the first one that I was thinking of. Okay. Yes. The the the. Uh, I guess you can say the assassination or the the shooting of Lee Harvey Oswald. That is one of them. Um, have you ever heard the name Christine Chubbuck? I don't think so. Okay. She, she's not a news reporter. She's a news reporter. She was a news reporter in uh, the 1970s, and uh, she actually uh, committed suicide on live TV. That I that I have heard of that case. I didn't remember yeah. her name, but I do remember that case. Yeah. yeah. There there was actually a. Uh, a movie about it called Christine, and there was a documentary, and maybe there's even like a TV movie about it or whatever. On July fifteenth, nineteen seventy four, she you know she she came into work and said that she uh, she was was chosen to read a newscast on uh, live TV, and she started reading the the, the newscast about something that happened. There was there was uh, there was like national news stories that happened the day before and a shooting the previous day. And the whole idea was that she she wasn't advancing in her career because they were, they kept telling her that they want more sensationalized news. So she decided that what she was going to do is <laughs> shoot herself. So she shot herself in the head on live TV. A lot of people didn't think it was it was real. And right beforehand, she says, in keeping with the WXLT practice of presenting the most immediate and complete reports of local blood and guts news, TV40 presents was believed to be a television first. In living color, in exclusive coverage of an attempted suicide, and then she pulled out a gun and shot herself uh, behind her, uh, you know, shot herself from behind. Basically, they obviously immediately uh, faded to black, and uh, you know, they they tried saving her, and she had even written a script that was to be read uh, after what happens, and she she wrote TV40 news personality Christine Chubbuck shot herself in in a live broadcast this morning on Channel 40 talk program she was rushed to Sar rushed to Sarasota Memorial Hospital where she remains in critical condition she expected to live it live through it it took uh, she she was in the hospital they tried saving her life but after 14 hours uh, she 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 passed away so that was one of the first that, that was the first one and then there's another one have you ever heard of someone by the name of bud dwyer it sounds familiar but i couldn't tell okay you he was a pennsylvania politician who ended up uh, being the state uh, treasurer and he was uh, indicted on uh, or he was found guilty on 11 counts of conspiracy mail fraud and perjury after taking a bribe and uh he was scheduled to be sentenced uh on january 23rd 1987 the day before he called a news conference everyone assumed that he was uh, going to be, uh, you know, announcing that he's retiring. And instead, he just pulled out a gun and shot himself uh, in front of all these reporters. And they had live footage of it. And they even showed footage afterwards on TV of him shooting himself. Not easy things to, to watch, but it's, it's, it's interesting that today we're much more desensitized to these type of things, watching things like this on TV. And even back in 1990, 
you know, there there were very few cases of real, you know, live footage of uh, someone dying on on screen, you know. And then the 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 final one that I want to bring up is a fictional one, uh, which you might know also about. Can you think of a movie? Network. That's right. Network. Howard Beale and Peter Finch. Peter Finch. Peter Finch played uh, Howard Beale. And do you remember what he said? He's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another example of uh, of someone who, who does that. Back to what we're talking about. You know, right away, uh, we have Barnes pipe up and says, what is this? A gang thing like last time? So it's, it's interesting, last time, meaning they're used to the fact that there are gangs that are breaking into the luggage area. You know, that's like a, a, a common thing going on in uh, Dallas. Sounds a little strange to me. Yeah, I, I didn't quite understand that reference. Uh, it made it sound like there had been something that happened uh, previously where there was some somebody killed or uh, something was happened at the airport. Yep. You know, and by the way, it's not a surprise that, you know, gang killings happen all over the place. So that one happened at the airport, I guess it wouldn't be too surprising, right. too different okay, from what true. goes on in the world. No, it also would give a little more of an explanation as to why Lorenzo isn't that phased by this whole thing. He's like, okay, this is something that's happened before. You know, that's why, you know, if it was something that, that this, this was the first time that something like this happened, maybe he would have reacted differently. But maybe, you know, so I think that line is a good indication that they're used to this type of thing happening. Maybe not, you know, getting shot by a police officer or whatever. I don't know. And as this is happening, then we hear a voice from from afar say, only if your gangs get their training at Fort Bragg. And then we see a shot of uh, McLean showing up. And, uh, you know, he's, he's he walks up and he's holding up his badge pretty quickly. You know, don't, don't you think they should have, like, security at, in, you know, at the entrance to, to the uh, control tower? Like, can anyone just get in? Well, you know, the world's a different place nowadays. You can't get anywhere. <laughs> All those people wouldn't have been anywhere near the baggage areas uh, in in today's world. You wouldn't be able to get past the uh, security line to start with. Uh, so all the stuff that's going on there in the airport, it's vastly different now. Yeah. In those days, it, look, he basically followed the security guy up the stairs. Right, more or less. I mean, he's coming right, right up behind Lorenzo. Right. It's true. And <laughs> then uh, Trudeau says, who the hell is this? Lorenzo starts wagging his finger at McLean and goes, ah, uh, McLean. McLean goes, I'm a police officer. And Lorenzo says, in an unauthorized area, L.A., Mr. Trudeau, don't mean shit here. The, the badge and looks at it and says, that's what I said about my last cholesterol test. Yeah. So then Trudeau says to McLean, so what's your problem, Lieutenant McLean, as he's looking at the badge? And he goes, I'm sure Captain Lorenzo already explained the minor little fracas with the minor little thieves. <laughs> and then he pulls out the dossier and says, maybe he can explain this. Sorry, that's the way the dialogue here ends. We'll, we'll get into a little more about the about that. So the first thing I wanted to mention is, you know, he mentions Fort Bragg. Do you know what Fort Bragg is? Well, I'm sure it's a training center. I'm not sure it probably is a training center for uh, CIA or for, uh, you know, SEAL teams, you know, uh, Rangers, something like that. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're, you're very close on that. So Fort Bragg is a military, military installation in North Carolina, and it is one of the largest military installations in the world 
by population because there's over 54,000 military personnel that are there. It's very close to Fayetteville, and it's named after North Carolinian Confederate General Braxton Bragg. And this is one of only 10 Army installations in the U.S. that are named for officers who fought for the Confederacy. Now, that has actually brought up a lot of uh, controversy. And they decided that they're actually going to rename all of those 10 installations, even though at the time this happened in when, right at the beginning of 2021, when Trump was still president and Trump tried to veto it and they didn't manage to do it because the, you know, Congress had a Democratic majority at the time. So they were able to, to veto his veto. And so they're actually going to be renaming it uh, Fort Liberty, which is going to, which actually just happened this month, the beginning of June. They, they, they changed the name to Fort Liberty. It's actually the only one of the 10 that they changed that won't be named after a person. So that's also strange that they decided to call it Fort Liberty. And the, the entire cost of changing the name of these 10 installations is $62.5 million. I mean, that's just a hell of a lot of money to waste it's, to change names. It's a lot of signs and stations yes. that you got to change. That's right. <laughs> Completely. And just specifically for Fort Bragg slash Fort Liberty, it'll be $6 million. So it's a $6 million man, you know, just changing that name. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a little virtue signaling. I understand that it's unpopular to seem to suggest that we are honoring, you know, people that were rebels, but uh, I, I have no doubt that uh, the general or the major, whoever Bragg was, was probably in the U.S. military before he was in the Confederacy. Yes, he probably he was. He was, did service he, he was, someplace. Yes. And, you know, he's, he's probably somebody from that area. So that's why they chose that particular name. That's correct. And, you know, it's, it's just a way to do a uh, local thing. But, you know, what the hell? It's, that's the world we live in. Yes, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Fort Bragg. And then you have the, uh, he mentioned about this cholesterol test. So we're not going to get into, we're not, I'm not going to do a cholesterol test on you right now. You don't have to worry about, uh, you don't have to give any blood today, Richard. Well, I'm glad I don't have to give any blood. I can tell you my blood pressure, but I can't, I don't, I haven't had, I don't have any numbers for my cholesterol. Exactly. So basically, do you, do you know where the word cholesterol comes from? Uh, I do not know the etymology of the word cholesterol. Right. So it comes from the ancient Greek where coal, C-H-O-L-E, means uh, bile, and steros means solid, and ol means alcohol. So it's it's basically checking your uh, solid bile alcohol level in, in, your, uh, in, in your body. It was first identified in uh, 1769 by a, a, a doctor or a researcher named her Francois Polieter de La Salle. It was not named until 1815 by uh, a different researcher named uh, a chemist, Michel Eugene Chevreul. He named it cholesterol, and so that that changed. So basically, the uh, AHA, the American Heart Association, recommends that everyone tests gets tested every four to six years if you're between the ages of 20 and 45. Uh, 45 to 65, you should be tested every one or two years, and anyone over the age of 65 should be tested annually, just to, to check for that. I'm sure I'll get an annual check in October. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and then he, I, I, I love the line that McLean says here about a uh, minor little fracas with the minor little thieves. Uh, have you ever heard the word fracas before? 
Yeah. I have. Do you know what it means? It's 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 a a, a set to a, a conflict uh, when people engage in some kind of uh, physical altercation. So the official definition of a fracas is a noisy quarrel or a brawl, basically. Um, and yeah, brawl. That sounds like an appropriate yeah. term. And there's actually even a military uh, acronym called fracas, which is failure reporting analysis and corrective action system. <laughs> so I just thought that was really funny that uh, you know that they actually have a coincidence. Yes, yeah, completely. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, lingua fracas? No. Okay. Lingua fracas. Which it's it's words that one knows in another language that are sufficient to start a fight. You know, them, them's fighting oh. words. <laughs> or it could also be a fight over the proper use of a word. Did, did you notice, uh, did you look at, at McLean's badge? I did not look closely at the badge. Okay. I assume it was an LAPD badge, but I didn't check yes, it. It's an LAPD badge, but it looks it looks completely fake. You know, it's like a, it's, it's a wallet type uh, badge that on the one side has, you know, the badge itself and the other one just has uh like a picture ID. an id right but it, it doesn't have a picture of john it just has a picture that says los angeles police police officer and then it says uh you know john Mc, he signs it as john mclean it's printed there also uh detective john mclean and then uh, underneath it it has some some other signature so I'm trying to think of where it actually says that he's a lieutenant because if it says detective, so how would Trudeau know to call him lieutenant? Well, it might be on the badge, but I didn't see the badge that closely. No, the badge just says, the only thing it says on the badge is detective Los Angeles and then 8986, that's his number. Um, it's possible that maybe the color would tell you that, you know, whether that, you know, what his rank is or something like that. I don't know. I would be surprised if Trudeau actually knew it. But I mean, we know Fred Dalton Thompson is, is a really smart guy. So maybe he was able, able to figure that out also. <laughs> I don't know. And then later on, when when John shows um, shows the dossier to, to Trudeau and Lorenzo, you know, if you look carefully at all the things, and last week we, we talked about the specific lines that are there, Fort Bragg isn't listed at all here. You know, he's in all these different other places. But Fort Bragg is not mentioned, so I, I just find it really funny that you know they 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 didn't you know they they were very detailed in what they're writing here, and they didn't even just throw in Fort Bragg knowing that that's what they're talking about. I mean, maybe somewhere else it's listed, but I assume it's not because it's you know it has a list of all of his assignments. You know, we have a list of uh, eight assignments that he's had. Or the the eighth one was he was killed, so seven assignments plus his uh, supposed death you know, in Honduras in a helicopter accident. But, uh, you know, it's it's just a little little strange that, uh, you know, that he mentions Fort Bragg. The only thing here is Fort Benning is the only fort that's, uh, that's uh, mentioned. I mean, we talked about this last week also that, uh, you know, the actor who plays the character of Cochran was born in 61. And according to his dossier, he was already assigned duty in Cambodia in 69. So how many eight-year-olds were they sending to fight in Vietnam? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Issues that nobody worried about before the in introduction of freeze frame on home video. That's right. And movies by minute. <laughs> and then we get a lot of tense music along with a shot of all three of them. You know, we see, uh, you know, McLean, Lorenzo, and Trudeau. Change, it shows us once again a shot of the church. And, you know, it's, it's, it's well lit. 
a lot of snow, a lot of fake snow happening. Then we see somebody uh, doing some welding conduit. We're not really sure what he's doing there. And then he opens up his mask. And did did you notice who that actor is? He's actually a, a very well-known actor. I didn't. John Leguizamo. Le, Le Leguizamo? Yeah. I yeah. knew he was in the movie, but I didn't know that that was him. Yes. So his his character's name is Burke. And so we, we see him put put his glove under his arm and reach into his pocket. Uh, and that's how the minute ends. Did you have anything else you want to say about the minute before we uh, get into the script? No, uh, I, I don't I don't think there's anything else that I wanted to add about the things that we saw on screen. OK. All right. Great. So there's there's a few little uh, differences here, not many. After Lorenzo ta- starts talking about it, he says uh, bloodstains and all. Then Trudeau says couldn't be helped, I guess. What was it? Gangs? So in the script, it's Trudeau who says it, not Barnes. You know, and they change the dialogue a little bit. And then we hear McLean's voice where he says about Fort Bragg. And then it says, surprise, they turn to see McLean step out of the elevator. And then McLean goes. Yeah, there's no elevator. That's right. Well, there is. We'll find out later that there is an elevator. He comes up a flight of stairs. But he comes up the stairs right behind Lorenzo. Yes, but maybe he was, maybe there, were, there was an elevator beforehand. Maybe there's an elevator to the top of the tower. And then you have the the steps because there's there's you know two levels in the tower that could be. Um, and then the only other difference is, is that McLean says I'm a police officer, Mr. Trudeau. So how does McLean already know Trudeau's name? I didn't hear if he was uh, you know listening. I didn't see if he was listening into Lorenzo when he came into the uh, uh, control tower. Right. That might have been at the tail end of the last uh, scene or the previous right. minute. Well, I mean in the script it's not mentioned. In the script, he doesn't mention it because it, it starts in the middle of Lorenzo talking. So we don't hear the, the fact that we don't hear the name Trudeau mentioned. But I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he's got a badge. Maybe, or maybe, you know, McLean Googled him beforehand to find out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, yeah, that, <laughs> not in 1990 did he Google him. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so those are the differences in the script. So every Monday we have a segment called McLean Monday, where my guests will give their top five Bruce Willis performances. So, Richard, what, what have you got for us? Start with your number five and work your way up. Well, I think my list is conventional. I don't think anybody would be surprised by any of the choices that I've got. Number five, I have David Dunn from Unbreakable. I thought he was very solid in that movie. Uh, he, he there's a good scene where he does some nice acting with his face when he's on the train taking off his ring and thinking about you know hitting on the uh, girl that he sees on the train and then of course uh you know when he when he has the realization about what's going on uh, so i thought he was effective mm-hmm. there number four is uh butch Col- college or coolidge i guess is the way you would say his name i only heard heard him referred to as butch most of the yeah. time you know, Butch, our names, you know, our names don't mean shit. <laughs> uh, from Pulp Fiction. I remember seeing the movie, I think I've seen the movie twice, and I remember being impressed both times by the two actors that are in the movie, uh, Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis in uh, 12 Monkeys. So he plays the part of James Cole. And uh, I thought that, I thought it was very solid there. Um, number two is Malcolm Crow from... The Sixth Sense, uh, another one of those scenes where he's doing some acting with his ring finger. <laughs> and and then uh, number one is Die Hard, not this version, the previous okay. version. That is fair. All right, thank you for that list. 
So, Richard, you want to tell people where where they can find you? Where they can where can they find Richard Kirkham? Uh, I <laughs> I'm available to people who are interested in listening to what I have to say on the Lambcast, which is the official podcast of the Large Association of Movie Blog. You can find us at largeaskmovieblogs.com, or you could search Lambcast on Facebook and find links to our shows every week. And then my own site, my personal site, is Kirkham a Movie a Day. And uh, I post on there regularly two or three times a week uh, movies that I, if I see it in a theater, I'm going to do a post on it. And I also have special programming that I do, that I write about on, on there. I've, this year I'm doing a uh, throwback Thursday. So Thursday, I'm doing a movie from 1975. All right. Very cool. Actually, now that you're living in Texas, as opposed to in California, is it, is it harder to find theaters that are showing older movies like you like to, 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 to try and find i tell you what the program it's a little bit more convenient uh to find uh, the programming because we have alamo draft houses here they're very good in their programming i'm not i'm not thrilled with the environment because i having people serving food and distributing bills during the movie is a little irritating to me but uh, they are very good about finding uh programming and putting it together i do miss Sometimes, you know, when you're in Hollywood, you get uh, guests showing up at the screenings. And I have I have only been to, I think, one or two here in Texas where uh, we had a special guest to talk about uh, what was going on. Um, I saw Bruce Campbell and uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino at presentations at the Paramount Theater. Uh, so it's it's I'm I'm actually going to see uh, Return of the Jedi today. Ooh, all right. Maybe maybe George Lucas will show up. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not. That's not going to happen. Uh, for the for the 40th anniversary, right? Yes. All right. Very cool. All right. I'm 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 jealous. I would I would love to be able to go see Return of the Jedi again in the theater. If only they were showing it here. <laughs> oh well. Well, it's it's so interesting because. Uh, it is a 40th anniversary release. It was a wide release for this week or last weekend, this week. And uh, it showed up top 10 in the box office and was beating some of the current films uh, on a re-release 40 years after it came out. Well, come on. It, it, I mean, I just, uh, you know, behind the curtain, it is it is the end of April, beginning of May. So it's not as if, you know, we're not at the, you know, we only have Guardians coming out next week. So... That's you it. Know, I, I don't think Return of the Jedi will will, uh, will beat Guardians next week, but I it would no, it no would be, that's not going to happen. It would be nice to see, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, movieroundminute.com. So until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. Oh, sorry. I keep doing that. <laughs> I keep forgetting that I'm not doing Harry Mattel anymore. I'll have what she's having too, but uh, yippee ki yeah. She's having something really fun. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yippee ki everybody. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, it